0: Ready to go? I'm out here. Welcome to the Inner Stoked Podcast. My name is Shane. This is my podcast. I'm joined today with my good friend Seth Stockmaster. Seth is a veteran who currently works as a community manager for a performance apparel company based out of Encinitas, California. I wanted to have Seth on my podcast today because when I first met Seth, I was really stoked on his vibe and how he just seemed to flow with life. And then, as I became friends with him, I started to learn that he wasn't always this way. And I'm really intrigued in hearing his story and how he came about and how he came to be on this path he is today. So, Seth, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank welcome you. to Coafarins. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh, that's my band's name, by the way, guys. Was it?
0: What's Coa CoA Ferens. Yep. How did you come up with that name? So it was, it, well, it was about, it was
1: because of the build, like,
0: Who's everybody, Koa
1: so Koa Farrens, it, well, it means Koa is brave, and mm-hmm. Farrens is wanderer, so I, I mean, it's wanderer, so I add an S, okay. so it's brave wanderers.
0: Brave wanderers. And that's, like, kind of everybody that
1: helped build the van, everybody that was a part of that, very, that crew.
0: Very cool. So. All right, so why don't you start off by telling us a little about yourself, you know, you can go back to childhood a little bit, and um, then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll ask you some questions. We'll
1: just freaking take it there. Yeah, yeah, so, originally from Ohio, a small town called Clyde, if anybody of you are familiar with Ohio. If not, just Sandusky, I like, think, Cedar Point. <laughs> Everybody knows the roller coasters. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Bowling Green. It was actually where I was technically born, but that doesn't really matter um grew up in green springs slash clyde um mom and dad freaking love them. um i think they they actually split when I was three or four mm-hmm. um so I would just do like separate weekends like mom's the weekend dad's weekend um but i, st- I was lucky enough to stay like <clears throat> in the school system and you know have my friends, which was nice um so it really didn't affect like social life too much Mm -hmm. but um yeah no after that obviously i did k through 12 there played sports my whole life baseball was my jam Mm -hmm. i didn't used to be good at baseball in fact i think i sucked at everything until like (laughs) middle school i started to show like potential yeah and then uh, <laughs> once, you hit,
0: once you hit puberty, <laughs> yeah. Once I like, grew some like hair on my nut I was like,
1: okay, let's you know, I can throw a ball now. Yeah. Oh wow! Um, a strength behind that. Yeah, there's a little oomph behind that. <laughs> so yeah, no. After that, I, I played uh, football and baseball. Okay. All throughout high school.
0: Um, what position are you playing football?
1: So football, believe it or not, I was an outside linebacker. I was all of like a buck thirty-five, mm-hmm. a buck. Forty, if I would like was soaking wet, mm-hmm. um, and I was a little lefty pitcher, and I stood about like five six, five seven on a good day if I stretched all my limbs, you know, got everything good. Mm-hmm. I'd hang from a pole upside down for about an hour before every game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that, but I mean mentally, I probably would have because I just I was. It was funny. I always try to like play with an edge, so I always told myself that I was like crazy. Uh huh. But. Um, yeah no after that like a warrior mentality yeah so like for me it was like football i always told myself you know hey when i put the helmet on you're a killer yeah when i put (laughs) when i put the helmet on i'm no longer a nice guy like i'm somebody else like jack nicholson when he puts on the sunglasses he becomes jack nicholson (laughs) he becomes. it was like brian dawkins was like my idol back in the day and he had, like, a separate alter ego called the Wolverine. Uh-huh. And so I had a separate <laughs> alter ego called the Wolverine. So every time I put the helmet on, I was, like, out for blood. And Wolverines! It wasn't... <laughs> 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 it wasn't until I took it off while well, I was, like, cool with everybody again. I was like, oh, hey. So... But, uh, no, yeah, that was... I could, go... I could talk about football all day. That was... Mm. that was some fun times. But 2012, I graduated, went to... I enlisted... And I went off in 2013, January of 2013. So there's a little bit of a lull there Mm -hmm. where I did like, I worked for UPS, I, you know, I did uh, landscaping, and then I also worked on a farmer's market for like Mm -hmm. two, three years. That was like the summer job and I loved it because like, all I did was like pick fruit and vegetables Mm -hmm. and
0: like. Walk around with my shirt off, and so you weren't s- too serious, you were just bouncing around from job to job, yeah, I mean I was just trying to work. I yeah. was just trying to work, pay the car car bill,
1: actually, I didn't have a car bill, I was just paying gas, showing responsibility, uh-huh, and it was fun too, like were you eighteen, yeah, I was like no fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, graduating from high school, No, I'm saying like when I was working,
0: oh okay, but
1: yeah, I was like eighteen when mm-hmm. I graduated yeah. um. But yeah, no. After that, I did the Marine Corps for five years. Um, what made you want to join the Marine Corps? Marine Corps. I was just trying to get out of the small town, and I didn't, I didn't have any plans for college. I wasn't like dead set on anything, and I, I so badly did not want to go into debt. And I was like, well, I can go in the Marine Corps. No, I'll have free college if I want it. But
0: did you have any friends that joined?
1: Yeah, I had a lot of buddies that I looked up to, like that were couple grades ahead of me that went in Mm -hmm. you know I had a really good friend's dad who at the time was like a first sergeant like about to be sergeant major he had a really big impact on my life Um, and then just growing up like I always played with G.I. Joe's like that was the thing
0: so it wasn't like a decision where you were walking by the recruiter's office one day and he's like, "Hey son, join right, the Marines." Right. You it was kind of already
1: instilled. Like my dad premade. was third generation Navy.
0: Oh, okay. So like,
1: he was he was in the Navy, my grandpa, my mm-hmm. great-grandfather were all Navy. Very cool. Um and so yeah, I was just like, you know, I'm going to pull a trigger and send it on this guy mm-hmm. cuz like, why not? It gets me out of the small town and it gets me some experience and you know, who knows what what would happen. And then like to boot, I get school out of it if I ever wanted it mm-hmm. so yeah I did that and where did you serve <clears throat> so I was in Virginia Beach for school and I was roughly there I mean like give and take all the training I was there for about a year um so Paris Island Paris Island to MCT MCT to uh, my actual school and then I was like in there I was like in a holding platoon for a little bit and then from there what was your job so I was an analyst, I was an intelligence analyst. Um so like I was just basically a nerd. But, yeah. a, but like a cool nerd. <laughs> cool
0: No. These guys he's a nerd, <laughs> but he's a cool nerd. I'm a cool
1: nerd. <laughs> no, it was it was good though. Like I honestly I met a lot of good people there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um did did a lot of cool things. Um and then so after Virginia Beach shot over to Camp Pendleton. That was my first and last duty station. I lucked out out with a unit there and then i deployed with them on a Mew in 2015 or no 15 or 16 i think it was 16 actually and then i came back and shortly after that i had a decision to make it was like stay in and turn around and go out with the other company
0: where did they you were, deploy
1: so it's a, a Mew is basically like you're on a ship so you hit like a lot of different areas okay um and so what, you know, what we did is we hit like a handful of different areas and we were split off into two sections. My unit in particular was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like seven months, came back. And then, like I said, I was asked to go on another one in a quick turnaround. But like that was a decision whether or not I was going to stay in. Because like, mm-hmm. had I went on that second one, and came back, I would have only had, like, a couple months left before I was getting out. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was just going to be hard to get my life together. Um, so I turned it down. I ended up focusing on getting out and going to school. Um, and so, yeah, that transition happened really, really smoothly for me. Um, I had a lot of good people kind of, like, guiding me in the direction in which I was mm-hmm. supposed to go. Obviously, you get the runaround, but for the most part, like... I was like I was just stoked to you know be out and go to school. So then I I did a couple semesters before well I did a couple semesters and as I got out I transitioned into a job with a company called Lululemon. Mm-hmm. And you know that was like a 180 shift definitely from like Marine Corps to like Lululemon.
0: What was Lululemon?
1: Uh so it's a yoga brand based out of Started in Vancouver. Okay. It was, like, 20 years old. Um, but they predominantly sell yoga pants, and they had, like, a
0: men's That's line. a massive shift. From yeah, oh, 100%. Carrying a gun to sell <laughs> yoga
1: pants. 100%. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It's it's a job, and I'm, I'm going <laughs> to school. And yeah. so, like, I was
0: part-time, so it was yeah. cool.
1: And you get but
0: to sell yoga pants to... Dude. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, like... What more could I ask for? Did you wear the yoga pants?
1: I mean, you know, don't ask, don't tell. But I, I, I. I think yeah, guys should have yes, some sort of yoga pants. Hundred percent. I mean, men the men's version. We just call them tights <laughs> yeah. nowadays. But no, so we did that. <laughs> we me and the mouse in my pocket, and uh, then I transitioned to a different company for a community position, and basically, I around that time I kind of cultivated the the skill slash found out that I was like actually good talking with people, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it, um, and I enjoyed listening and sharing and, and kind of just helping people live the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so community was definitely a thing for me. Um, so I went in there. I got hired September of 2019, and uh, I've been working for them ever since. I have actually – so the company I work for now is Viori. And they're based out of Encinitas, California. And I just kinda do community I'll quote the community manager for our flagship store. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and since I've been helping out with a, a couple of other stores and like setting the groundwork to how we do community. <clears throat> but um yeah, I mean now and it takes me to present day. Like hmm Freaking I think we met just this year in February. hmm And i just been living the dream ever since.
0: So, after I got to know you, I started to learn more things about you, and one of the things that I learned about you was that you weren't always this way. So where was this massive shift in your life? Ooh, massive shift. I mean, for Because me- I've seen your Instagram stories of you squatting, and you're a monster, <laughs> and I can just see you on the football field. So where does this calm, cool, collective great vibes <laughs> dude come from. Oh dude, I'm just living life. I'm uh What are your practices? What do you it, do? Taking it day by day.
1: Honestly, the it wasn't necessarily a big shift, like
0: nothing crazy Yeah, like
1: if to. you if you look at me in comparison to somebody who's actually had a big, big like life breaking, altering like event happen to him, there was no like at this point, it was more so just like
0: mm-hmm.
1: me always asking myself the question What could I do to be the best version of myself?
0: See, those are the kind of stories that I love because you don't have some thing that hits you in the face and makes and causes change. You went deep inside and you really searched for a change. You wanted to change yourself. Right, right. I think... uh, What are a few things you wanted to change?
1: Well, it, it wasn't what I wanted to change specifically. More so than I needed to be the best version of myself Period. Like, that was the overall mission. For you? Oh, yeah, 100%. I feel like everybody has a purpose. And if you don't figure out what that purpose is, un- uncover that golden nugget, mm-hmm. and then actually live it, then you're doing a disservice to not only yourself, but the people around you that are actually counting on you to live out yeah. your why. Absolutely. and And live out that best version. And so, to me, it's always been like, okay, what is that? And how can I be the best fucking version of that? Mm -hmm. Because like, if not, then what am I doing? I'm just sucking down air and kind of going about my day. And not to say there's anything wrong with existing, um, because there's not. But for me, it was just, that was the motivation. Is like, I'm here to impact a certain group of people. It could be two, it could be 200. um, And it could be more, who knows? But the simple fact of the matter is, I needed to be best equipped for that. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what started my search for, you know, being who I am, I guess, today.
0: um, Where did you start? What Um, kind of things did you start doing?
1: I think I started, honestly, like, okay, if you want to say the shift, the shift was Marine Corps to Lululemon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the shift right there, ladies and gentlemen, from violence
0: to, to yoga. <laughs> to vi from violence to zen. So we'll call it yoga as what? Well.
1: I mean, yoga, it was more so the environment. I think when you want to change a habit or change and rewire anything about yourself, yeah. You have to set your environment up for success. Mm-hmm. Like you don't say I want to get fit and have a plate of donuts on the kitchen counter. Like there's too much temptation. You see it, it's there, it's in arm's distance. Like, you're gonna eat it and you're gonna continue to live that lifestyle. Whereas for me, I was like, okay, the mind's intriguing, like, I want to know how to rewire it and become the master of it. Mm -hmm. Um, that way I get to dictate, like, you know, the body's not leading the mind, the mind's leading the body, Mm -hmm. and like that's a hard thing. And and so, you have to start small and and change your environment, Mm -hmm. change the way. You know what you see, who you're around, and and I think I've done a pretty good job of surrounding myself with individuals who vibrate yes, at a at a literally, higher caliber
0: was literally just writing the, no, <laughs> vibrations. like I, yeah. dude I, I believe like we run off of vibration, everything is vibration, and if you're trying to change something and you're con- like if you were to hear the same song every single day played from your neighbor, it would drive you crazy mm. even if you were to find a way to just okay this is what it is the song is playing every day all day but if you change your environment you're not getting that that you know vibration anymore you're not getting that song so now your body is able to change you're able to make that change right and like i was having a conversation with this kid who messaged me and was telling me about how he's having all these hardships and he just lost his job and it's really a shitty environment at his home and he really wants to live van life and doesn't know where to start. And I told him I was like, dude, you got to start with your environment where you're at. I'm All like, right? maybe you shouldn't even be looking at vans right now. Maybe you should be looking at getting out of the area you're at into a new area with, you know, good vibes going on, good people that are surrounding you, influencers. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's the toughest thing is like <clears throat> It's simple. Like, the solution is simple. Um, But it's not always easy. And I think there's a level of awareness that you have to cultivate Mm -hmm. in order to, like, catch on.
0: Such a popular word nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Um,
1: But that's true. Like, bringing awareness to the things that you don't want to keep reoccurring in your life. You Mm -hmm. you have to catch it before it, like... You don't have to catch it before it happens, but you have to catch it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, like, once you catch it in the moment, and the sooner you catch it, then it's like you're you're doing that mental muscle up, and mm-hmm. and you're, you know, it's kind of like you know the meditation aspect. Like I love meditating. I picked up meditating, probably two years ago, um, you know, in that Lululemon phase, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it, I wouldn't say it was solely based on Lululemon, but there is a type of environment that cultivates like, hey, like self development, mm-hmm. and they're really good at that. Um, but it's being able to catch your mind from wandering. Catch it going down yes. rabbit holes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like in noticing, you're not failing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like people have this this false perception, I guess, that like failing is a bad thing, and it's like no, you're you're not failing. It's actually like learning. Mm-hmm. Like I had a conversation with uh, a group today, and it was change your change your idea on uncomfortable. So like when people hear the word uncomfortable or they feel uncomfortable, they immediately correlate it with this sucks Mm -hmm. but instead i feel as if you were to change so if i were to say hey this is uncomfortable and you felt all these physical feelings your palms are sweaty you're choked up you might be shaking your heart rate's through the roof an eminem song yeah (laughs) but ready to rap right now um and you're able to notice that and be like okay this is actually what growth feels like and so it's like rewiring those neurons to fire in a different way Mm -hmm. and so It's helping you grow as an individual. Um, So, yeah, I think in noticing your thoughts and in noticing where your brain goes, you can kind of start to implement, you know, one, the environment, and two, get a game plan and Mm -hmm. visualize, okay, what is it that I want and how am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. And, like, understand it's a process. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody who's 100 pounds overweight going into the gym looks at a trainer and says, hey, guy, I got to lose 20 pounds. And the trainer goes, Hell yeah, we got this! Mm-hmm. And the guy finishes with in two weeks, <laughs> and the trainer's like, "Okay, listen, bud, pump the brakes. Yeah. Like, you have five years of unhealthy eating and yeah. not going to the gym, and and you want to lose a hundred pounds. And you gotta crawl first. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's a level of 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 time that like you gotta get through. You gotta mm-hmm. serve your dues, and it's, you know, it's that journey that makes that end goal so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know." But, I mean, kudos on him for having an X on the mat, but it's the same thing with your mind. It's like people think, oh, I had an affirmation or I meditated or, you know, I did this and this and I should be happy now for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. It's like, dude, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: No, and I experienced it um, with van life. I was extremely unhappy before van life. And I thought, as soon as I get my van, I'll be happy. I was in my van for, like, three months. I was still not happy. <laughs> it wasn't until... This sucks! Yeah, it like, I was still the miserable person. Like, I, I would notice myself walking into a store with, an, with a pissed-off look on my face. Permanently installed. Like, these muscles didn't work. I couldn't smile. Like, smiling going into a store, I couldn't do it. I looked like a pissed-off person walking into a store. Right. And as soon as I changed my environment came to... Encinitas, and I started meeting all of you guys and surrounding myself with people, good people with good vibes and who wanted to, you know, influence me and push me to do things that I wanted to do in life. I could feel the chemistry changing in my body. I could feel myself changing. I could feel myself wanting to become the best version of myself that right. I could possibly be. Right. Absolutely. That's perfectly said. And
1: like with that, you know, after that kind of initial environment change and shock it's like okay well then like what do i got to do what mindset do i have to have because like there's a there's a distinction between you know obviously the the victim mentality and then like the person who's just always stoked no matter what and i that's probably not the best description but but the fact of the matter is life doesn't happen to you it happens for you Mm -hmm. and like understanding on the most basic level that you are the author to your own story mm-hmm. and like yeah sure circumstances might suck like external environment might suck but in order to change that the shift has to come inside yeah, first absolutely. and like a lot of people that I've talked mm-hmm. to say well you know is that are you faking it till you make it mm-hmm. and it's like I don't think so I don't think you're no. faking it till you make it I no. think you, you fake it if you don't genuinely believe that that's who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, for me, I know I'm going to be happy, one. And, and, two, like, I know everything. Like, I have full faith and confidence that I'm able to adapt and overcome in any situation or circumstance. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have that confidence not only in myself, but, like, the community that I surround myself with. hmm Like... Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bucky. <laughs> Bucky's <laughs> snoring right now. Um and it's it's just like you're not doing things alone all the time. Like there's a level of which you have to take care of some shit on your own, but like mm-hmm. you have a community for a reason. Yeah. Don't be afraid to lean on them. Some people don't though. I didn't have a community before this. Right. And and again, that that starts with okay, seeking it out and shifting that environment. Uh-huh. Um because you could stay stuck. You Putting stay myself stuck. out there. Yeah.
0: And that's hard. That's really mm-hmm. tough for some people, but dude, the First day I met Jared, um, I was talking to Alexa on, through Instagram. I haven't even met her before. You know, just another Van Life person. Alexa Glazer, yeah. shout out, shout out to Live, Alexa, Glaser. living the dream, moving Alexa at moving Alexa, <laughs> moving Alexa. And I told her I was going to Encinitas, and she just starts throwing me a list of these places to go, and hits up Jared and is like, "Hey, my friend Shane is there." Blah blah. blah. Next thing I you know, Jared's telling me to come over to his van. And, like, I see, and, like, I've seen Jared on YouTube, so I'm, like, you know, I'm, like, oh, this guy's, like, a celebrity, almost. (laughs) And I see these people in his van, and I got intimidated, and I went back in my van, and I shut the door. Yeah. And I didn't see Jared until three days later, and he walked up to my van and introduced himself to me. And I think it's because he wanted to tour. He wanted to tour it, but (laughs) but we hit it off, you know, East Coasters. Oh, yeah? Um, That's both from Boston? But, yeah, um sorry i don't mean to interrupt but i, I just want to tell this story real No, that's good yeah so when i was like 23 um i wanted to do stand-up comedy type stuff and i wanted to play guitar and sing at the same time so i thought it would be funny if i actually had a very good voice and i could sing <laughs> i thought you know so i looked up uh vocal lessons i googled it and it was about an hour away, and I called up this guy, and I was like, hey, I want to start taking vocal lessons. I have no idea what this place is. So I show up to this little tiny place, this little room in the back, and I'm sitting outside in the waiting room, and I can hear someone in before me, and I can hear him playing piano and the girl singing. And I'm just like, what the fuck <laughs> am I doing here? i like, <clears throat> I don't sing. So... I mean, especially, like, like I thought I was just going to go over, like, vocal lessons, like, in acting and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know this was actually going to be a legit, like, vocal... Like, session. Yeah, like, one-on-one, you and Pint, you're singing. So, I peaced out. I got in my car and I left. Next thing I know, my phone's ringing. And it's the guy, and he's like, hey, where'd you go? I'm like, oh, I was parked illegally. i will I'll I'll parking right now, I'll be right back. I don't know why I said it. I don't know why I was turning around, but I just decided right then in my mind. I said to myself, "You're always running away from new things. Every time something is uncomfortable, any any uncomfortable feeling, you literally run away." And I was always afraid to start something new. Turned around, I went back in. Dude, I was like sweating standing there. He asked the first thing he asked, "What do you want to sing?" I have no idea. You're like Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hit it. Hit, Hit it. it <laughs> I think I sang a Buddy Holly song. So okay. It was crazy. Um, and throughout the session, I guess he heard something that he liked. And he invited me back. And I was like, okay. Like, this is cool. Sure. Yeah. And two months and Not even two months into the vocal lessons, I had bought a guitar, and I was at home practicing secretly. And I went in one day, and I had my guitar with me in my car. And I was like, can I play you a song? He's like, yeah. He's like, go get it. And I was like... So I play him this song, and then ever since then, I was bringing my guitar every single day. Fast forward five years of vocal lessons. Damn. And it was just... Right now, my voice sounds like absolute shit. <laughs> I really need to stretch it and work on it and exercise it, but um, it was just me taking that step and just putting myself out there like no matter how sweaty my palms were getting no matter how much anxiety I was getting, I just put myself out there and ever since then, I've been doing that, right. and you know sometimes it takes a push, sometimes it takes some influencing, but every time I do it i um, I guess you can call it successful. I'm successful.
1: We, and I think I think you're growing. Like yeah. it's it's you're growing, period. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to kind of reiterate that point is it's getting in that uncomfortable, unknown, mm-hmm. like uncertain, the unknown. Yeah. And and that's what people are so deathly afraid of because they'd rather have predictable. I mean, heck, I'm I still like to sit here and say this now, like I'm still in that phase. Like I am still mm-hmm. in the work trying to hone in as best as I possibly can because think about it as like think about it as like a train right so you get on the train I always relate it to meditating and, and this Ill- that's dude I was literally yeah. just gonna relate it to meditating <laughs> oh my it's god like, it's like a, it's a comfortable circle I swear but it's it's realizing when you're uncomfortable and so what I what I mean by this is like when I first started meditating I thought of it like this like I sit down and I try to stop my mind from wandering. Mm-hmm. So I focus on my breath, right? And all of a sudden, it kind of goes like this. I'm like, okay, well, my ass hurts. <laughs> um, I should probably go squat. <laughs> Maybe it won't hurt if I squat more, right? Nice. Yeah, I need to go to the gym. I, you know what? Yep. Tomorrow, mm. I'm going to go to the gym. I haven't done back squat. I'm a back squat. You know what? There's a cute girl at the gym. <laughs> I might go ask her out later, but like, strictly, okay, yep. time out. Yep. I like pizza. You, I wonder if she likes pizza. And so you get on the train of meditate, or you get, you're, you're at the station, right? And you're meditating, and all of a sudden you slip on the train at my ass hurts, which is really weird to slip on. And you, and you get off five miles down the road at, I wonder if she likes pizza. Yeah. And you like, then you snap into some awareness and you're like, where the fuck, how yeah. did I get here? And it's like, So you have to walk your happy butt back to this train station, right? And then you do it again. And, like, catching yourself five miles down the road is good because that's the mental muscle-up that you're supposed to be doing. Uh But the game is catching it before you get five miles down the road. The game is catching it one mile. The game is catching it 200 meters. The game is catching it right before you walk onto the train and go down the rabbit hole and say, wait a minute, go back to my breath. Mm -hmm. And so being aware of of not only your thoughts, but like your emotions in that moment. And like, like I said, full circle relating it back to your story with singing. It's like you were aware, you knew your palms were sweaty. You knew your heart rate was jacked Mm. up. And it's in that cultivating that awareness of the present moment where you can sit and be like, okay, this is the moment in which I push Mm -hmm. forward and grow a little, or I walk away and i stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. And it's like having that conversation in the moment because it's so easy for your mind to go on autopilot and be like, "Oh, this shit sucks. I'm out." Mm-hmm. But if you're aware enough and you're like, "Wait, this shit sucks, but if i push through, then i'm going to do a mental muscle up right now mm-hmm. and and i'm going to get a little bit better than i was yesterday and i'm not going to be stagnant and like i have nothing to lose. So mm-hmm. like let's just do it. Let's send it." And and doing that over the course of, you know, 5 weeks, 10 weeks, 2 years, a decade, mm-hmm. all of a sudden near this guy who's just like people are asking, man, how did this
0: happen?" like See, that's it's hard to explain that to people because they think as soon as they sit down on a pillow, you know, they're going to experience meditation. And honestly like my first week into it, I thought that too. And and like the uh, yeah. I'm going to relate it to meditation. Like, <laughs> and like with the ego and like, th- this is why I love meditation so much because you could have a man that's been meditating for 50 years. There's no ego involved. Like he's still learning every time he sits down on the pillow, right. and he's not a master. Right. There's a level of humility yeah, there. There. Yeah. Like t- technically like there are no levels with meditation. Right. It's like you can, you could be meditating for five years and, still experience the same things as someone meditating for 20 years you know if you're that deep into it right but there's no comparison like meditation is your own it's it's basically egoless in a way right and that is one of the reasons why i'm so attracted to meditation is because you can't be the best guy in the room right, right. 100%. <laughs> and i love that everyone's on an equal playing field right and you can't say like Oh, he didn't meditate as good as me because you don't know, yeah. and like yeah. it's so appealing to me having it in a practice or an art or whatever you want to call it a life form that is is egoless in a way. Right, right? ego has no room there, but yes, ego has has room in there. There's a balance between you know all that, but we don't I, have to get into that. I
1: think I think also too is, is is you know we throw around the word meditation and people, you know. I have a handful of people who are like, well, I don't meditate. I can't sit still. I don't yes. like this, and it's like, well, guys, you know, again, it's reframing the way you're thinking about something. It's literally shifting your perspective yeah. because, just like you shifted your perspective on, you know, how uncomfortable shouldn't suck. Uncomfortable should be, you know, equated to growth. Mm-hmm. It's like shifting meditation in the sense that it doesn't mean you're sitting crisscross applesauce on a pillow, yeah. levitating, and like. Humming to mm-hmm. yourself, like there's no smells and bells with yeah. that. Like meditation is focusing on one single reference point, whether that's your breath or mm-hmm. whether that's an activity, like being submersed in the now moment and
0: staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, See, how do you feel about people saying like, "Oh, running is my meditation"?
1: Oh, I mean, hundred percent. If you're I, running for yeah. the
0: sake of running, because you enjoy yeah, running, yeah. and you're absolutely. Sp- but I also agree that every person should also have a separate practice where you are sitting and you are calm and you are focusing on your breath and your heart race is not going you know your right. heartbeat isn't going
1: I mean to each their own some people would agree and and some people would disagree well, i mean
0: you know the the different stages the the realms right. whatever all that um I don't know exactly what they're all called, but um yeah i believe like if you exercise and then you go to meditate like you're not going to be into that meditation as good as you were if you were to meditate first and then exercise you know because your heart rate is going and all that there's like because i don't start really getting into my meditation around 30 to 40 minutes into it is when i really get into a deep meditation right right and now i'm at the point where like If something happens or if, like, I'm thinking of something like like this podcast, like, I meditate on it. I can literally sit down and meditate and focus on this podcast, dude. It is the best tool in the freaking world. Right. And all I do is encourage people to do it.
1: Um, No, I I agree with that. I think, again, for the people out there, that are like, well, I can't sit still. I think, you know.
0: Those are the people that need to be doing it the most, though.
1: Well, they just need to find the now moment. I mean... You know, I'm going through a course um, who, that brought to light they they have this thing called the default network setting. Um, so I'm doing a course called the Science of Wellbeing through uh, Yale. They're doing a free like online course, and I found it fascinating that they did studies on this. and And basically, when you are not in a task, right, mm-hmm. and you're not doing something, your brain switches really quickly to the default network in like the default mode network I think is the technical term that they call it and basically it's it's like a quick switch so say I'm you know cooking food and I'm done cooking this default mode network kicks on and it highlights different parts of your brain. Well these parts of your brain are um what's the word I'm looking for? They're responsible and they're able to allow you to think in the past, future, and about other things. Mm -hmm. So it's like a cool, unique human feature that we have that takes us out of the present moment. And the fact of the matter is, when we're not in a task, that thing switches on. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward, long story short, studies have shown that when you meditate, or you are submersed in the now moment, that you build gray matter in these areas. And gray matter... For lack of a better term is basically just like muscle in your mm-hmm. brain, and so when you build more muscle around these uh, these uh certain areas you're able to control you know and pull from away from that to where it's like mm-hmm. you're not focused on the past, you're not focused on the future or other you can actually just be in the now and like after you cook go and clean, clean your dishes mm-hmm. and like you know feel how it feels to like clean your dishes your mind physic like, not, I shouldn't say physically, your mind cannot make a distinction between what is reality, like, what is physical reality, yeah, yeah. and like, what is imagination. Uh-huh. So, like, if I told you and I walked you through, let's just say, like, a meditation or just a scenario, right? And I said, you know, hey, Shane, somebody cut you off, and like, it wasn't out of him rushing to the hospital he wanted to make your and i and i told you this vivid story and all of a sudden your heart rate started to spike and your palms started uh-huh. to sweat and you started to get irritated yeah. it's because your mind has no filter mm-hmm. and it you know it can't mm-hmm. distinction it can't decipher whether or not that thing is actually taking place mm-hmm. or it's just a story that you're telling yourself mm-hmm. and i think for me when that ego of negativity comes up and and it does like yeah. i'm you know, you could say that I'm stoked and happy all the time, but, like, that doesn't mean that that thing doesn't talk. Yeah. That thing always talks. It's always saying, you're not good enough. You're not qualified. People won't listen. It doesn't really matter. And I'm like, dude, nobody asked you. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> like, at some point in the day, I, I'm going to take control of my life, and, mm-hmm. like, it starts
0: now. It's- well, the problem I would have with it, you know, like two years ago when I was at a really low point in my life say something would happen to me like somebody would cut me off that chemical reaction would happen immediately right? and it was literally uncontrollable and between the parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic nervous system I think they're both yeah yeah. Uh, autotomic nervous system yeah sure Um, being able to control that that's um something that i was really intrigued by and that's kind of what led me into meditation you know googling how to control your autonomic nervous system and like because that to me is i think the ultimate goal is to be able to control your body chemistry right um i always like to use the reference um think like a monk or like what would a monk do yeah and i like i like you i always use this story of like say say you're on a plane with 20 people and the plane crashes and you're with a monk 18 or 19 of those people are going to be losing their shit. Right. Standing outside of this plane wreck. Everybody survives. <laughs> so you're standing Woo! outside of this plane wreck. You know, people are starting to lose their shit. You're in the middle of the forest. You have, you know, no signal, you don't know if you're going to be rescued, no food. Right. A monk would be completely calm. He would. He would be completely calm, and he would have the best chance of survival in that situation because he's calm. He could even convince himself in his mind to go on a water fast and be comfortable with it. Controlling that chemistry in his body. You get what I'm saying? I know, I I hear that. And that to me, like, it it is incredible. Like something that I want to learn. And like and like I've also used the example like if you were to tell a monk his best friend just died, he wouldn't there wouldn't be this crying scene, this him breaking down, you know, there would be a moment, I'm sure, you know, he would say something, you would be able to tell, I'm sure, that he's upset, but he would accept it for what it is, know that he can't change it, know that this is it, and basically just keep moving forward instead of stopping like a lot of people do, and holding on to that, and that has always intrigued me because, you know, I have been hit with, you know, some shit in my life. I have been confronted with some things and I notice myself just standing still. Right. Things are happening for me. You know, I'm buying a house, I'm doing this and that, you know, successful, but I'm literally staying still in life, not realizing it. And, you know, that was ten years of, you know, constant pattern repeating things and then once I really started to, you know, hone on in hone in on it, I was able to make a change right but um yeah. that's the first step right there mm-hmm. as, as you said is honing in and,
1: and, and gaining that awareness around what was actually like what you wanted mm-hmm. and um you know kind of go back to your monk analogy he's been there mm-hmm. he's been in his mind twenty four seven yeah right so he's been to the deep dark parts he's learned to deal with it and the best way I can describe it is like weight training, right? You put 135 on the bar, and me and you, we go up and we back squat 135 as many times as we possibly can. I don't think I can do that.
0: <laughs> go ahead.
1: <laughs> and so, and we get, okay, so let's just say we get up and uh, you do 10, I don't know, 10, 15, 20. Mm-hmm. And, and you look over to me, and I'm on 50. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on 60, and I'm struggling for 70. Yeah. And you sit there and you're like, how the hell? Is he doing this? And the fact of the matter is, the weight did not change. It stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So the same stressor is still affecting our bodies. The only difference is, I visited 135 way more times Uh in my life than maybe you have. Mm -hmm. Or maybe somebody else has. And so I've built up a tolerance that allows me to go deeper and further and deeper and further. Mm -hmm. And so when people look at me, they're like, well, this is supernatural. Or like, Mm -hmm. you can't be able to do this because I can't do it. Experience. And it's like, well, listen, you just, you haven't went as deep and, mm-hmm. and far down this rabbit hole as you could, mm-hmm. right? And so the monk who's sitting there exploring his mind and seeing exactly, he's cult, he's he's literally building muscle in his brain so that when shit hits the fan, he's already been there. Mm-hmm. He's on rep mm-hmm. 80 and you're still struggling at 10 and you're gassed and you're like, how? And he's like, well, because like, I've been here mm-hmm. multiple times. I've actually went to 200. So like, this is just wave tops for me. And so it's like but that all started with an awareness
0: and gaining experience exactly i kind of have a similar story and i'm probably not going to get the story right um so basically you have a young lumberjack and you have an old lumberjack and they're in a competition together and they have to cut down three trees and whoever cuts down these three trees the fastest wins right So the young stud comes out and the old man comes out and, you know, buzzer goes off and they start hacking away at these trees. The kid cuts down his tree real quick, gets started on the next one. He's halfway through the next one and then the old man finally finishes his tree and the old man takes a seat. So the kid starts hammering away and he gets through the second one, he gets to the third one. He gets halfway through the third one and he notices that the old man had finished his second one and he sat down again he's having a seat he's just chilling so now the kid starts to tire because he's hacking away at this third trying to get this done before this old man comes up on him all of a sudden before he finishes the third he noticed that the old man has already finished this third and he's having a seat he's just chilling so after the competition, he walks over to the old man and he congratulates him and all that. And he says, well, how did you do this? You know, how did you beat me? I'm so much stronger than you. I was going so much faster than you. And he looks him in the eye and he says, every time I took a break, I sharpened my axe. Mm-hmm. Dang. It's just, it's experience mm-hmm. right in the world. Right. <laughs> but
1: in, in the same token and this kind of like goes back and flows into itself experience is from what we would like to call failure
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and like trial and error and And, that's what people are afraid of and people again are afraid of well and and it goes back to I'm afraid of what I'm going to look like and that goes back to ego yeah yeah. I'm afraid of what I'm going to look like I'm afraid of how people are going to portray me and like I'm afraid of my reputation Mm -hmm. right and you know to a certain extent okay I get it but you know let the fear of, of being who you are People. Or who you want to be, or what you want to do, or what like motivates mm-hmm. you and, and, and fuels your fire. Yeah. And you know, people. you
0: have to have that conversation with yourself and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this is People will live their entire lives like that. And like this is what my podcast is all about is kind of breaking that cycle and mm-hmm. introducing, you know, techniques or methods and stuff in order for people to gain those mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I
1: mean absolutely. I think for me it was, it was knowing my purpose mm-hmm. and going to that purpose and trying to be aware of everything around me. Like when when the palms started sweating, when the throat started getting all like choked up, when you know when I was my heart rate was going up the roof. Like okay, stop, take a breath. What's going on? Okay, I'm about to do something really freaking awesome. That's probably why, or like this is really scary, or I'm about to do a PR, or I'm about to, you know, I'm about to expand on who I am as a person. I can either stop, turn around, and stay stagnant, or I can just go through mm-hmm. little by little, and like it's not leaps and bounds, like it it, it is very much baby steps mm-hmm. and in time. So yeah, I think that's just kind of. Where I started, essentially, and, and, and I'm still going. Like, I'm nowhere near the finish line. I am so hell-bent on literally being the best version of myself and making sure everyone around me is taken care of and, and that they're stoked as well. Would you say that's your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to shift perspectives and inspire others to live out the best version of themselves. And, and to do that, it's it's by leading by example. Mm-hmm. It's by doing the work and it's by continuously being that new person and being uncomfortable and showing people that like it's cool like that's fine you have to be able to almost get over yourself and and push through that feeling Mm -hmm. um (laughs) get it
0: buck bucky's out dang
1: um and and that's kind of where I stand like in shifting perspectives it's like looking at the looking at that Situation or that obstacle in a different light, and being like, "Hey, this is actually doable. Mm-hmm. I'm just going about it the wrong way right now." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say that is kind of like my goals: taking care of the people to the left and right of me, and and making sure we're good and we're ultimately happy with what they're doing. I like that. But I have something. Gosh, it's Elsa. almost it's almost bedtime, I guess, guys. Huh? <laughs> Jeez,
0: I missed the memo. Fuck you, boy. So, I want to dive into this a little bit, this subject. Oh, gosh. I honestly think is very important for males to talk about, and it's not talked about enough. And I think ego may come into that, or, you know, looking weak. And But I'm basically an open book, and so... Basically, you're saying I have to I be an open book. Be an open book. <laughs> <laughs> if you're open, I'm Basically, open. Basically, I want to talk about love. <laughs> oh, love. Yes, I want to talk about love. Okay. Have send you ever it. been in love? Have you ever experienced love? Have you ever experienced a uh, breakup? Has someone ever cheated on you? Like I want to know what has changed you and shifted your perfect. Perspectives. I'll steal that from you. Perspectives. Yeah. Shifting your perspective in life. On love. Yeah, on love, because I Ooh. think love is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing. Yeah. You no, know, I. I agree. I. <sighs> yeah,
1: I would say all those have happened to me. Okay. Let's start um, from the beginning. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and not to nitpick or not to go down the rabbit hole got like the best ones. I've I have had my heart broken. I have broken other people's hearts. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, any trial and tribulation that you can really think of when it comes to love mm-hmm. and loving another human being um, and caring for them on a deeper level, like, I feel like I've been through and I've touched on a little bit. And the one thing that, kind of how I look at it now is I'm I'm not opposed from it by any mm-hmm. means. I
0: If you could, if you had a son and, you know, he was... 16 or 18 years old you know just coming into you know experiencing life and girls and all that and you could tell him a situation that happened to you and the way you handled it and either you hurt her she hurt you and what you would have done differently or how you would have seen it differently to change maybe change his perspective because the whole thing of oh let them learn the hard way is right. is one thing but right. if you could if you can instill something in a loved one or you can share an experience like i think that's the most valuable thing in life is learning from other people and right talking about experiences and things that have happened to them so what what would i say to my son what what happened to you that changed you and like honestly i want to know like how, did she break your heart? Did you break her heart? Like what happened? It was there
1: was a lot of heartbreaking going on at that time. Um, but if I had to sit down with my son, I wouldn't tell him an example. I would give him advice, mm-hmm. and and my advice to be my son or my daughter would be, and it's it's very cliche, but it's love unconditionally, mm-hmm. and love with no expectation, because I think far too often you get into a relationship an intimate relationship and you think to yourself, This is the one. This is it. Right? But not only this is the one, but this is how the one is supposed to act in my eyes. Uh-huh. And what you fail to recognize is that that person across the pond, that woman that you're physically attracted to and maybe even attracted to her soul. She she's not you. Yeah. yeah. She's, not you. she's not you and she's in a different level of life. Yeah. And like that's the trick is you know. because it's not, it goes beyond obviously the physical features, but it's intertwining those souls. Mm-hmm. And like you have to, I mean, on a very deep level, understand her soul and mm-hmm. get her trust. And you also need to have a communication, a line of communication, which is never questioned. Mm-hmm. And, and and that comes with a level of trust, mm-hmm. but it's loving unconditionally because at the end of the day she is her own person and she will do she, she will always look out for self first mm-hmm. because again she's a soul and she's growing and if my son's 16 chances are she's like around the same age kudos if he's pulling in like 25 year olds but <laughs> but that's not the case yeah um and it really takes time to cultivate a relationship with a soul because you have to warm up to that person you have to open up to that person and again there's a communication and a trust level that must be met in order to make moves mm-hmm. to a deeper level of intimacy and love. And I think, you know, personally for me, I've had a skewed idea of what love was up until recent years. And it's, it's taken me a while to understand, like, I need to love this person unconditionally, whatever they do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I, in order to like be intimate and, and have that cultivated like relationship, I need to know that I trust them and that they're communicating to me everything. And that we're, we're reading off the same book, the same chapter on the same page in the same line Mm -hmm. down to the very same word. Mm -hmm. And it's like, to be in tune with your partner like that is absolutely like, it's blissful. And I think, yeah, that would, that would be my thing is like love unconditionally man with no expectation because ultimately she may or may not be the one for you mm-hmm. and you have to pay attention it's not just like a you know it's it's not it's beyond physical features it's you know what does your soul want does your soul support my soul are we in this life and can we go through life parallel to each other yeah,
0: exactly
1: and not drift apart or even could we grow closer
0: yeah
1: um so yeah i mean that's that's tough because that Again, that goes back to experience, and I feel like me telling that to a 16-year-old kid, he might not receive it until he's 23, 24, until he's actually messed up a couple times, because it's
0: got to click with him. Yeah, I'm receiving it right now, (laughs) actually. It's me thinking about it. I'm like, wow, I've actually never been in love, because I've never experienced that. I've never had it reciprocated the way I was giving it out. Right. There's always some sort of selfishness from either side right and and
1: and that's another thing it's like you support that person you support what they're doing and what their life mission is mm-hmm. and you do that again unconditionally because she, she means so much mm-hmm. that you want nothing
0: but the best yeah. even if that's not with you you want nothing but the best yeah and so, honestly like i've experienced that from my side but i've never had that reciprocated right it's never ever about me like ever and like I'm the most unselfish person ever like if there's anything like I'm giving it to you last like, it's, <laughs> it's like
1: yeah. it's tough and, and yeah. I think that's why relationships and, and and you know jumping into quick ones and whatnot. that's like that's just so tricky because again you're falling in love with somebody's soul mm-hmm. and you can't see that you have to experience it and to, in order to experience it you have to be with them For a significant amount of time. And significant is a relative term, but, like, there's no, like, oh, a year or two years. It's, like, again, you just have to cultivate that trust and and, and that
0: communication
1: Mm -hmm. towards, like, gosh, like.
0: I think people also settle way too early in life. Yeah. Because, like, I think about when I was 20 years old 10 years ago. I was on a different map. Like, different, completely different world than where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Right. And, okay. So. Part two. Part two. two. We just got cut off. I didn't realize that this only records for an hour and I wasn't paying attention. We were just kind of flowing with the conversation. So, we're going to end it on love. What we talked about, wherever it ended. And, um, yeah, yeah, hopefully
1: we didn't miss any golden nuggets.
0: Yeah, that was a good conversation. That too. was, but kind hey, we live and we learn. Sorry, you guys get you guys miss it, but um, the next one I promise that won't happen. So we're gonna throw out um, Seth's book recommendations, and I've written them all down so I can basically just read them you off. You can and, answer my and questions. And I'm just gonna Seth, sit here. Seth could uh, so basically his book recommendation that he threw out was. Breaking the Habit of Being You by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh,
1: yeah, I can confirm that.
0: he did say that. Good job, sir. <laughs> which is actually a book that I got from my mother, which was pretty funny that he recommended that book. Great guy, basically.
1: Thanks, I pre- you're a great guy too.
0: I was talking about uh, Joe Dispenza. Yeah, whatever. Um, he basically <laughs> healed himself through the power of his mind. Very, very influential person definitely check out that book. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Hmm. Then I asked Seth what his movie recommendation is. You want to go ahead and answer this one? I don't, I don't need to answer your... My
1: movie recommendation was Captain Fantastic. Uh, a buddy of ours, Dave, uh, at Pibbs. Go follow that guy. Shout out, shout <laughs> out to
0: Dave at Pibbs.
1: Um, he recommended it to me, and I absolutely loved it. It was definitely a shift in perspective, um, and it opened my eyes to just... A different view of of, of a uh, a life, I guess, so to speak. I don't want to ruin it. I just want you to go watch it. It's not a
0: Marvel movie, so don't worry. But Very cool. So that's Captain Fantastic? Yes, sir. All right. Influencers. Recommendations. You gave me two. Lay no. them down. No, actually, I'm going to swap. I'm gonna swap. You know,
1: I'm going to swap. I'm going to say Jay Shetty. Okay. Jay Shetty, for sure. Influencer, you should go check out his sure. content, his story, okay. uh, his podcast, On Purpose. And then, well, oh, hell, I'm just going to send the other one. It's uh, Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Um, with Tom.
0: We'll call that your podcast recommendation.
1: Yeah, we're just going to, like, segue that into two, but also, like, just an... Because
0: in- <laughs> we're also giving a shout-out to Live in the Dream.
1: Yes, but that I mean, we could go so much into depth with Alexa. Um, like you said, she's the one that kinda connected us mm-hmm. in general. Um she's been the connector in the community that I think that we have right now yeah. with regards to you, myself, uh, Jared, Dave, um you know, Christian. I
0: wouldn't say she's the glue that holds us together, but she was the seed that made all this possible. Oh, 100%. <laughs> she, was, she was the she seed laid the to the tree, now yeah. we all live in the tree. Made laid the foundation <laughs> and then,
1: like, watered it and then ran away back to Ohio.
0: We've gotten, we've gotten rid of a few bad apples along the way, but um it's a good tree that we're in right now. Oh, my goodness um okay so yeah shout out to at living the dream movement a shout out to at moving alexa and a shout out to at brown bag diaries check out those three um i want to give oh yeah yeah you have your other shout outs my other shout outs was just everybody I Ray Ray was one of them. Well,
1: Ray, yeah. Okay, well, first we'll go with Dave. Dave was the guy that uh, helped build the van, my van, Co-Ferrens, and made it all possible for me to get on the road. Um, And I could never thank him enough for that. His skill, his craftsmanship, uh, the insight that he's passed down, and uh, just the friend that he is overall. Like, just a really genuine human being. And then, uh, you know, the second one goes out to Ray, my buddy, um, who I deployed with. He was my medic when i was active duty um he was the guy that gave up his couch for me um to allow me to kind of move into transitioning into the van life and uh you know he's definitely taken care of me um and, and helped mold me at who i am today as well and i could never thank him enough for that and i hope he he knows how appreciative i am Good guy. and then um and then my parents obviously um for doing all that they have done for me and and Molding me, and again to the the human I am today, but then the overall encompassing, like everybody I've ever crossed paths with, be it good or bad, like thank you because you've taught me lessons that you know I can now carry on and, and learn from. So, you know, I'm out here. I appreciate everybody.
0: <laughs> I like that. All right, so i'm gonna throw some shout outs real quick shout out to alexa obviously shout out to jared tachi at jared tachi and jared tachi youtube channel um one of the best people i've ever met um after alexa introduced me to him he's basically introduced me to everybody i know in the van life um anytime i need this dude he is there for me Great YouTube channel. He started daily vlogging. Huge shout out to him on that. um Yeah, shout out to Seth for joining me on my podcast. What a great guy! You. Um, we give a, a shout guy. out to my mother, and I hope that the path that you're on is the right one, and I hope that you're healing, and I hope that your heart is whole again, so you can. Live a happy life like I want you to live and like you should live. Uh, my father, my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. I love you to death. You know that. My sister, also my other biggest fan. Love her more than life itself. And her family, her two kids. And my brother, congratulations. He's having a baby. And uh, just got married. So stoked for him. Um... Basically, the ultimate goal for this podcast is I want to inspire people to help them maintain their stoke levels and keep them freaking high um, I think there's a big problem in today's society where you know if somebody's walking down the road and they're in a they're in a bad mood, they're more likely to get into a fight with somebody rather than somebody walk up to them and say, "Hey, what's going on?" you know it's like I think there needs to be more love and more compassion, more forgiveness and more empathy in this world for us to live, you know, our happy lives and become the best versions of ourselves that we can come. So that's a little bit what well, a lot of what this podcast is about and that's what I hope to do with this podcast. So, Seth, thank you again for joining me. Thanks for having Good me, brother. Man, I'll definitely have you on again. I want to have you and Pibbs on at the same time. I think that Ooh, would be hilarious. that would be a fire. <laughs> <Ooh>. 2020 <laughs> mustaches.
1: <Yeah. laughs> oh gosh, that'd be funny.
0: Uh, yeah, that's how we're going to end it today. And right. um let's keep those stoke levels up and um any last thing you want to say, Seth?
1: Even I have my bad days. I feel like uh you know, talking about stoke and keeping it up like mm-hmm. it's never a consistent thing. No, happiness is mm-hmm. happiness is like a shower. You need to bathe in it daily, mm-hmm. and you do that by finding your purpose and your why. You do that by staying self aware, and and in control of of your mind, and your emotions, and and knowing what your triggers are. Um, and then and then staying humble, staying loving, staying compassionate. Um, it's a daily grind, like. Everybody's still working towards that best self. So, yeah, that's that's all I gotta say. I'm gonna end it there.
0: I like that. We'll end on that. Good night.